Hi there, welcome to an episode of an Inside View podcast in association with On The Ball Team Building. I'm your host, Jamie Finn. If this is your first time listening, please do go back to episode one and have a listen. If you haven't done so already, please do click subscribe. There is a business or sports person in each of us, and we hope that our guest stories will help our listeners to chase their dreams. Welcome to episode 57 of an Inside View podcast. Before we go any further, we'd like to give a big shout out to GRG Sports and Venture Harbour Asset Management for the continued support. We really appreciate it, guys. This week, we're delighted to be joined by Dr. Barry O'Driscoll, a former member of the IRFU and IRB, now World Rugby Medical Committees. Dr. O'Driscoll stepped down from his roles in 2012 in protest over the governing body's concussion management protocols. He has been an advocate for improved concussion management protocols in rugby for over a decade. Barry, his younger brother John, cousin Frank and Frank's son, Irish rugby legend Brian O'Driscoll, all represented Ireland. There is no doubt we have a huge amount to cover, so let's bring him on. Hi Barry, welcome to the Inside View podcast. How are you keeping? Uh, uh, thank you, uh, thank you for asking me, uh, Jamie. I'm, 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 I'm well. Uh, the 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 um, problem with uh, COVID hasn't hit us um, hasn't hit us uh, personally uh, as badly as a lot of people because uh, we're both retired and uh, we have a couple of children who live within a couple of miles each of whom we've got three kids, so we grandchildren, kids very close by. So depending on the whims of uh, Boris, uh, sometimes we can see them through the window, sometimes we can see them in the door, sometimes see them in the garden. And so uh, we just stop and think, and uh, I just think of some of my ex-patients who uh, are old and by themselves and uh, live in very tight circumstances, and uh, we don't feel sorry for ourselves at all. Good, good. No, and I suppose we're, we're just talking off air there. It, it was uh, probably about three or four years ago since we, we last met up and yeah. there's been a lot of changes, you know, in the world and in the sporting world, which we'll delve into since, hasn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I Maybe I'm getting a bit sort of uh, morbid about it now, but I feel very lucky to live when I have, in fact, because... When I think of my father's generation and the world wars, I think of the 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 uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, with my Irish uh, families on both sides, the troubles that they went through in Ireland, and uh, then I think of what we're leaving for the next generation, and I'm not I'm not at all impressed. And I think I belong to a very lucky generation. Yeah, that's it. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's would definitely like interesting predict, point. Would you like to predict the way the world's going to go in your generation? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Um, maybe I'm going to be unnecessarily pessimistic, but you look all over the world, and there's, there seem to be an awful lot of bad people mm. doing things all over the world, and and and, and they're the ones that, that, that are running it. But anyway, that that's not the end of that. Uh, how, Barry, I suppose, just move around there. How do you think you dealt with the, you know, with the lockdown, we'll say, we'll say the last 14 months, you know, from a, ment- a mentality perspective and a physical, you know, physically as well? Did you get out and about for a walk? And things? Uh, yeah, but important. I made sure I got my exercise every day for a start. That's very, very important. Um, 
And uh, then, uh, again, with things like Zoom, you can contact uh, the, 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 the kids and everyone. I've, I've kept up um, uh, my reading and my, uh, I've been made to keep up my interest uh, in, in concussion and that because uh, uh, people like yourself who know exactly what you're doing and talking about and that, who, who still want to talk to me. So, uh, and that's probably been enough for me. Yeah, you know, and there's some very good, good series on television and yeah, I, I mix and match. And uh, it, uh, it's, as I say, um, I don't feel I've any right to be down about, uh, personally about, it's been so terrible, COVID, so terrible. And um, when's it going to finish? I mean, a couple of, we'll probably talk about what it's going to do to rugby or, you know what I mean? But uh, we, I don't know what it's going to because when's it when's it going? When the variant's going to stop? Mm-hmm. And um, what else is going to come out of wherever COVID came from? You know, it's difficult to predict. Yeah, definitely. Like it's 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 ever it's an ever changing you know circumstance on a daily basis, and like you said, the the variants are quite worrying in in a way. Um, we. You know, when when uh, rugby started get, getting, you know, to come back on our screens, probably the third quarter of last year, uh, were you tuning in, listening, you know, watching the games and, and all that? Oh, yes. Um, uh, I'm looking in the, the, with, with, the, with the coverage we've got here with Premier, we call it uh, Premier Television over here, which covers the, 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 the uh, you know, the games in the, in the 14 and the Irish and, and Welsh as well as all. And uh, then BBC ITV, they'll cover the English games and I watch games from other parts of the world. So I, 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 I've been able to watch. There was a period when there was very little rugby going on, you know, uh, uh, but generally there's been a fair amount going on somewhere in the world, you know, but without spectators uh, and that sort of thing, you know, um, but it has been going on. I followed it. Well, that's good. And we'll move on now to the, just the, the Rainbow Cup, obviously, you know, took place a couple of months ago in the finals this weekend, actually. Um, did you get a chance to, to, I know you probably got a chance to watch some of the games, but we say the rule changes. What was your feeling around those three rule changes, the red card replacement, captain's challenge and goal line dropout? Well... Uh, in, 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 in the overview of what we're going to talk about, you said this, uh, and, and, and you made the point, and I have to totally agree. I, I think that the um, uh, being able to replace a red card is, is I'm not sure, yeah, you might as well not have a red card, really, you know, <laughs> because the new chap coming on is more likely to play, do something dirty than the chap who's just done it, because he's been caught, you know, and um, I... I uh, I, I, I don't agree with that. Um, and the captain's challenge, I haven't got any views on that really. It's, uh, uh, I don't know whether it adds to the game or takes away from it and that sort of thing. And the goal line dropout, I'm, I'm in favour of. I think that, that um, uh, it is a problem and, and one they've got to face this when uh, 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 clubs with that strong pack. You look at uh, you look at uh, Exeter and Saracens over here and that, but uh, a pack with a lot of brutes in. Once they get near the line, they're prepared to camp on the line over and over again with people going head down and people coming head down to stop them. 
that's doing huge damage, uh, and that has to be that has to be sorted. I think really, I think that um, uh, if uh, did they, I, I can't remember. Did they do in the in the in the rainbow? Did they do the? They were thinking anyway, and it was one move that if if they drove in uh, at a five yard muck and roll uh, or or or, or um, uh, a rock or more that uh, if if the ball got stuck, the other side, the defensive side was given it and given a drop out. Oh, yeah. Not too now, sure, actually. Yeah. You know that would that would make the attacking side move the ball much much quicker oh, if yeah. they took it in and uh, they were going forward. So when the ball got stuck, attacking side, your ball, another scrum. If the ball got stuck, the defensive side got a drop out on the goal line. Uh, it stopped that one. That one. That's one cause of, of real, uh, um, frequent hard contact on head game, and uh, they need to do something about it. And that's just one of the suggestions, which I think would be a good idea. They'd move it. Yeah, definitely. It definitely speed up the game as well, wouldn't it? To be yes, to be less yes. Start, you know, how you worries about how the game would return, you know, in those, we say, eight months of lockdown when there was no real sport, or six months of lockdown last year, you know, when the outlook of professional rugby, how it returned was quite unknown. Do you think they did a good job how it came back, professional rugby, I suppose, really? I must admit, it looks like it, really. It looks like they've done everything they, they possibly could as far as coming back. And the, 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 um, I was interested, like you, because it, there obviously has been a thirst for it uh, uh, since it came back. And um, there have been some very, very good games. And um, uh, to a certain extent, with the Irish provinces, it's so important we... We keep up our, our, our standard there and we seem to have done it and managed to do it. And um, uh, I don't think uh, that will have had any long-term damage on the game. That that particular problem that COVID, except for the money, lost a lot of money. Um, players getting paid more, a lot of money. How, do, how are clubs going to keep solvent? You know, and uh, that is a worry. Yeah, hopefully that... Hopefully, another couple of months now that will change, and we know when the next um, the next club season kicks off. Hopefully, fans will be able to go back, and that will start yeah. generating money. Will. Yeah. I, as I said, I just mentioned before my 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 other worry, uh, the, 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 is the medical one, but um, uh, it's, it's what this virus is going to do, and what's going to happen. You know, if we just get into the end of it, and everyone's vaccinated. That's fantastic. The vaccinations. I think in, in at home uh, in Ireland we're a bit behind, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but there's more and more coming. But I wouldn't like to guarantee a variant doesn't come up which the vaccines don't affect, you know. And and, and we could start all over again. It's just frightening, really, uh, uh, how they're able to produce these variants. I'm, I'm looking at the worst case scenario, but we can't be overconfident. What's your feeling on, I suppose that kind of answers the question in a way, on, we say, the COVID-19 protocols? Do you think they'll be in, in rugby for probably another 12 months? Which protocols now? Do you... um, the regular testing, you know, the way they're constantly oh, testing. Oh, I see. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. The regular t- um, 
that's very interesting. If there's no new variants, I think um, if there's no new variants, the testing will be able to get a good bit less, really, I think. Mm -hmm. As soon as there's a slightest sign of, of um, this is once everyone's been vaccinated, um, uh, then the slightest sign of one, they'll start again uh, testing everybody. And this time, this time that they'll have everything prepared. We didn't last time, you see, and uh, this test and trace over here, it took ages to get to get off. And that's where you, you get your first peak and then your second peak because it, 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 was, it was sort of um, a trial and error with, with all the testing that was going on and the tracing. Uh, uh, we're in a much better position. Yeah, no, definitely. Hopefully we will. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I suppose it's amazing that, you know, normally you're, you know, it's going to matches and things could be, be like, oh, I have to go to these games and all that. But no, I think um, the fans, it's, uh, it's, it's something they're dying to get back to, get back to the stadium. It's really something you don't realise what you have and how much something is in your life until it's gone. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And I've noticed that in these recent games when they've been left, you know, even only left in 5,000 or 10,000. And, and look at the football as well. It's sort of mass hysteria now when the crowd get in now, uh, how much the football boys have missed it as well. And it, it just shows you what an important part in, in, our, in our life and in many, in most families' life, okay, the, 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 the plenty of people, rare, you see a family where one or more is not, is not, uh, it's not very, very important to them. Mm -hmm. And it's enjoyable, relaxing. Yeah, no, definitely. And we, I think we, 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 you know, as a, you know, as a society, you know, Ireland and the UK, that I think we realise how important sport is in our yeah. life since then, yeah. because yeah. Um, everything was so fast before that. That's <laughs> right. Was. And it's brought it home to us, hasn't it? And mm -hmm. of course, sport's always been hugely important. And we've always played above our weight, really, when you look at our numbers. And that, and and that's because uh, because it's important and it plays a big part uh, in, in in schools, particularly certain schools, and that uh, it's as much part of the education there. And um, uh, this has brought it home to us. Yeah. British and Irish Lions tour is kicking off in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Have you have you interest in it? Have you are you keeping an oh, idea? Yeah, yeah, I I, I I I have I have. I think it'll be very very interesting. For all sorts of reasons, James, especially, I mean, these guys for weeks and weeks are going to be in a bubble, uh, you know, uh, touring, being away from home for weeks has its own stresses and pressures. And when you're in a bubble then as well, and then you're not getting in the side and uh, um, it's going to take really good management, really good. And... Um, under those circumstances, and that to beat the Springboks there this time will be very, very difficult. I think very, very difficult. What we see, we see half the side playing for sale over here most weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, what what do you think of the the side, the, the you know the um, the or the Lions squad? Obviously, there's a big you know omission from Ireland Sexton. Um, I think probably it's probably the safest thing that he he doesn't travel. Well, in 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 the, in the notes you sent to me of your thoughts and that, I have to agree with you there. I I I, I presume, uh, and and I hope that one of the reasons he's not picked is because of his 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 history. Mm. Um, and that would be that. I mean, to say it is not possible. 
really, um, because for all sorts of reasons, but it must have, must be at the back of anybody's sensible mind. Uh, uh, the the the, the Springboks are nothing if 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 not physical. I mean, those boys, you know, um, and we all know that. And uh, one of the many many uh, sort of um, admirable qualities of of Johnny Sexton is it, it all the all the traumas he's had he still goes in as hard as ever you know and uh there's just it's there's no other way for this for him and uh, i'd love him to give up yeah it does i does would it, yeah I, I i know you spoke about you spoke about that before and you you touched on as well with with brian you know when mm. your, your closing when you had a lot of couple of bad knocks there at one stage um have you spoken to Brian since you retired around around it? I, I, I did speak to him. Uh, I did speak to Brian a, a few months ago, um, a few months ago, and we 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 we, we sort of covered uh, concussion, not 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 in any great depth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, he, I think uh, um, he's a very respected. Um, a journalist now, uh, media man, and he has to be careful what he says. And um, but he's a he's a very bright boy, uh, Brian, and uh, and he 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 knows well. Um, none of us have got a complete, a complete answer, but the, these repeated injuries now worry we haven't got the answer to. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and I suppose to, we'll just move on because what I like doing with with my guests, um, and I have done because I do think that you know people's upbringing and childhood experience does lead into you know yeah. the road they go down, and I found something extremely interesting in your the research I did about you, which I'll touch on in, in a few minutes how you got interested in in brain injury, but before that, I think it's important for people to to realize. Um, you come from a, a very successful family, all Irish internationals uh, at one stage, uh, at different stages of their life. Do you want to give an insight into, I know a lot of people <laughs> refer to you as, as Brian's uncle. Do you want to give an, yeah. an insight into into that makeup there? There's five Driscolls, yourself, Mick, Frank, Brian and John. Are you all brothers or cousins or, or what's the... What's the makeup? Okay, very briefly, on, on, my, on my dad's side, the Driscolls, in West Cork, um, and there were three boys, and all of them played rugby. All of them were, were very good. All were doctors, <laughs> um, surprise. Uh, and um, all three, all, all, all three played uh, for UCD and a very good U, uh, UCD team at the time they were there. All three came to England to practice. Uh, um, and uh, the other two of the brothers went home, went home, and because they, they they couldn't settle over here, and uh, Frank O'Driscoll's father Liam was the youngest of the brothers, and he went back, and Frank uh, and Frank is Brian's dad, so uh, uh, our our grandfathers were brothers. Uh, uh, um, uh, Brian, 
Well, his great grandfather as well. His great grandfather. Yeah. We're, we're, we're brothers, but they were all um, uh, from the same sort of pub. But my dad uh, and uh, um, uh, and John, of course, is my younger brother. He's twelve years younger than me, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my dad influenced me hugely, as you can imagine. And he was the only one who didn't go back. And even though he'd only been here for three years in this country, um, when Second World War broke out, he, he, he joined up straight away that day. And uh, he, he was a very, very strong man. And previously, he was fully qualified as, 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 as uh, um, a tropical health specialist and spent some years in, 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 uh, in Malaysia and Singapore, in the university in Singapore, in fact, got married there. My mum, my mum was a nurse at Vincent's, uh, where she met him, and then he, he, he came over and, qual- and got his degree in, in tropical medicine in Liverpool, and uh, then went out to Singapore, but she wouldn't let him away, you see, she followed him out there, <laughs> got him, <laughs> and got him, and they were married out there, and, and my uh, eldest sister was born out there, and um, then mum, it was mum really decided that uh, bringing a family up, she had one and she was pregnant again. And so they came to Manchester and after three years, the war broke out and he joined up straight away. And you mentioned here as well, he was in fact, um, he's a very strong man and he really did influence me in a beautiful way. I wanted not through any demands at all. I just wanted to be like him, you know, and um, and uh, he, uh, he he played some top class rugby over here as well. But he went he went to Singapore when he was only twenty four, and he was a hooker. Uh, so we're young for a front row forward. But I've heard people talk about him with with, with great um, respect, and and in fact, his brother, who uh, would be uh, Brian's grandfather, the father of Frank. Uh, when he was in Manchester, he mentioned he played for Sale and and, and a very good Sale team as well. Uh, he was he was a scrum half, and uh, so Dad went and then he joined in the war. And what happened was he was uh, in charge of because he had this degree in tropical medicine. He knew his tropical medicine. He he was in charge. He was a colonel, and he was put in charge of the malaria campaign for the Eighth Army mm-hmm. uh, with Montgomery in North Africa. Uh, and uh, it was coming up towards the end of the war, they were coming up to Italy. That's when he was blown up in the in the jeep. But he never lost, lost his respect. We used to talk to me about it uh, a lot. But he never lost his respect for the mosquito. Now he said, uh, the mosquito, and this one talk about these viruses. He said, uh, which of course is where we get our malaria from. He said, you watch Barry, he said, uh, I, I, they are an incredible creature. He said, every time we get a drug, okay, that is going to wipe it. They just change. It's going to wipe it out. They change their, 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 their internal bodily setup so that they become, and it makes me think about these viruses, the variants in these viruses, a little bit like that. But how many people is it still killing? Malaria. And you think, oh, the things like, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, chicken pox and the, the things we've sorted out. Well, we haven't sorted from there, and it make, just makes me think of that. That he proved very, found it very frustrating. So then, anyway, he, he came back to to, to Manchester at the end of the war. That's what he got his OBE for, and it was a military OBE for for what he did during the war. 
Um, and I wanted to be like him, and I had a certain uh, ball ability. And it, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I probably went to the right school and uh, the right sort of university, and that's that's the way it came through. And then I think John, brother John, fancy being, well, he fancy being an internationalist. <laughs> John did. Uh, uh, as I say, Frank, Frank and I toured Argentina together. Frank. Um, well, he played in both test matches in Argentina. This is Brian's father. He was the unluckiest man. If you'd seen Brian play, uh, Frank play, you see exactly where Frank gets it from. Uh, and he, he was he, he was a centre three quarter. He wasn't big, but he had electric speed, uh, terrific on his feet, tackle anything. But Mike Gibson and Barry Bresnan were the two centres then for Ireland and for the Lions. And uh, Brian, he sat on the bench with me for four years. Uh, Frank did, is it? Frank, uh, Frank, Frank yeah. sorry, Frank sat on, the, sat on the bench for four years with Ireland. And uh, um, and the only games he got were the two against Argentina. What, what do you think of football? No, no. There's still a bit of a risk yeah. in there in football with hitting um, the ball constantly. Yeah, I'm changing more and more, Jamie. Um, what causes concussion, right? You know, um, when we know it is repeated knocks to the head. We know that. We've known it since the punch drunk boxes. I mean, the fact that that, that World Rugby keep coming out saying it's not established yet and there's no proof and all that. I mean, what kind of proof do they want? Uh, it, it's just they, they can't face the truth there, um, which is tragic when you consider the cost that's involved. But is it? Uh, three or four bad knocks of concussion or is it the repeated unconcussive? I'm sure it's both. A combination of both. And um, that then it, 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 uh, uh, and we'll know reasonably soon. Not Certainly it, uh, it's a great interest to you because you'll still be a young man when they find out. I'll be dribbling at the uh, <laughs> corners of my mouth. Probably. I don't be saying that. <laughs> I think it's both. I think it's both. Well, the research is beginning to show. And um, this is where the footballers have got a big, big, big problem. And already they, uh, in a lot of the states in America, they've stopped heading the ball in the kids. Yeah. And uh, I, I think there's moves afoot over here to, to stop the kids heading the ball, certainly in practice. Uh, and then if you, it, it, it's difficult if you stop it in practice, then when you do it in, in the game, not having practiced it and your neck muscles aren't quite as strong, you know, and we know that concussion is not the bang there. It's what it does to the, the brain moving inside the skull, you know. So, so but it, it's very, very interesting. Uh, but I think heading has to be reduced, maybe stopped. For for youths like I suppose up to up to a certain age is it because adolescent age I really I suppose adolescent it definitely yeah. the brain is very vulnerable in its adolescent stage and it's still growing and we know it is more susceptible and the same uh, we have to accept the same trauma to it because it more of a problem lasts longer and leaves it uh, exposed for some time afterwards so I think they've got to 
I think a lot of places have reduced the amount of heading the ball in training for the kids over here anyway. Before we move on, I'd like to just pinpoint, you mentioned it about uh, your father's Jeep and he was driving through Italy at the time. He hit a landmine, um, which resulted in him, you know, been knocked unconscious. And you did reference before in an interview that he he never really got got over it. He had a bit of brain damage from it. Do you think? Did sorry? Did yes. It? Yeah, I said. Um, yeah. From from looking at the yeah. interview before, you you touched on that. You don't think he he ever got over that? Um, that well, why, why? He never got over it in in one specific uh, relevance. Uh, uh, he fractured his skull, and it damaged what uh, a gland called a posterior pituitary, the pituitary gland, right, which is a small gland in the, um, uh, just at the top of the stem of the of the brain, where the where the brain uh, the spinal cord then blossoms out into the brain. There's a gland there called a pituitary gland. And uh, the posterior part of it controls your kidneys, right? Mm -hmm. And um, controls your reabsorption of water and that sort of thing. And um, the fracture destroyed that bit, nothing else. He was fine otherwise, but for the rest of his life, he wasn't incontinent, but he had to drink a huge amount of water because in the reabsorption process, he was passing it all the time, water. You know, if you're going for a week, uh, because this is the, this is the way your, your kidneys work. The posterior pituitary it all goes through the uh, kidneys, mm -hmm. and the poison's taken out of your your blood. Um, uh, and but if your post pituitary is not working, um, it, all the urine, none of it gets reabsorbed, so you're filling your bladder all the time. So that's what I meant when he didn't get over it. So in a way, he he was. Um, Lucky, well, very lucky. That's what he reckoned. Mm -hmm. It was just a nuisance for him. It was yeah. just a real nuisance in his life, really. Um, but uh, he got away with it as far as mentally and uh, any other damage. Uh, the other guy, officer in the car with him, he was killed outright. And you know, he thinks, well, you know, I'll take this, really. You know, that, that, that was it. When you finish your, your uh, playing career, um, I know we, 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 we touched on it. Um, you know, you play with Ireland and you you were with him for about ten or twelve years. But when you, when that came to the you know four that you had to pack it in because of injury, you got involved in the backgrounds of of clubs and you you were one of the guys involved with the exiles. Or you yes. What well, do you want to give a brief insight exactly what that is? The exiles was a brainchild of Tommy Kane. Uh, uh, well, probably a couple of others, but it was Tommy I was involved with. Tommy, Tommy was the guy who kept me out of the Irish team for so long. He captained Ireland and, and he captained the British Lions. Uh, he was Ireland's fullback, great man, great man. And he got this idea. Uh, and so he approached, because before that, there were an awful lot of Irish um, uh, immigrants over here. Um, and you had to have a father or mother or grandparent. To qualify for Ireland at rugby, there were more of those kind of people in England than there were in Ireland, mm -hmm. you know, Irish descent. He said, We're not touching them. And so we set up then a team called the Irish Exiles, uh, which was based on 
Irish players over here who qualified for Ireland uh, and lived in England. And uh, we were, uh, this is pre-professional, the, the game was. We were very successful, actually. Um, uh, so much so that, that we, we, we did go into the um, provincial championship for two years. Oh. And then the game, then the game was went professional. Once that happened, we couldn't get our players because they were on the contract to clubs over here. You see, we still have. I'm not. I'm not involved with them now, but they. We still have them, but it's was became a much more difficult problem about everything. And uh, we we used to have a French tour at the start of each season, and you know we playing uh, uh, in against the provinces over there. We did. We sort of did okay. We produced some great players: Jim Staples, Simon Gagan. Um, and we did, but it took quite a, quite a big scouting system to get it going and, and, and of letting it known without. But an awful lot of Irish parents over here, their lads growing up, would have preferred them to play for Ireland in, in many, many ways. I was just, I mean, uh, uh, it was freakish the way it happened to me and, 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 and it was way before the exiles and all that. But I played for Lancashire, who that, that was my county, and the county championship was the big thing in England. Uh, after the international, the county championship was the big thing. And uh, to warm up for our championship, we used to play Ulster every year. We warm up for the county championship here, they'd warm up for the provincial championship. And it, it, uh, we were playing them over there, and they had a great side, you know, Gibson and McBride and all these guys, and Sid Miller and that. And it was just one of those nights that everything went well for me. You know, the ball bounced for me and that. And the, the select came in the dressing room after and said, that's, uh, that's not a very English name, O'Driscoll, he said to me. And I said, well, no, I'm not, I, you know, I'm Irish born with Irish parents and grandparents. I'm totally Irish. And uh, I got a trial that year. Uh, never having played now, I got, I got my first trial that year. Purely and simply because Lancashire played also, because nothing was televised in those days. There was no so advertising about it, you know. Uh, um, the only the only Irish players at that stage, uh, the only uh, players who lived all their lives in England were, 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 were the guys for, for London Irish. They were, London Irish were watched a bit by the selectors, Matt kept their eye on London Irish. Uh, uh, but but the rest of the country, no, it was it was just very lucky there, very lucky. And um, then uh, John, of course, opted for Ireland then too. And when you're when you're with Ireland, I I, I know we find brushed over, but just I suppose it's important to to highlight as well that you know you had to step away at thirty one, but it took you a long time to break into the side because obviously the side was very very strong at the time, wasn't it? It was. It was very and and uh, as I say, Tommy, uh, Tommy uh, Kieran was uh, was was captain of Allen and a fixture captain of Lions, uh, and it was you know. But I say for four years I, I was on the bench, and once to get um, uh, you could only. And this is it's topical in a way because the number of substitutes these days is is a joke in many ways and it's one of the big problems jamie isn't it that you're bringing on fresh guys you know when when the other guys are knackered you know and uh so the contacts are more significant but uh for four years i uh you 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 you, you once the game started you you had four substitutes all right 
That's all you had. You had a hooker and a utility forward. And you had a scrum half and a utility back. I, I was Alan's utility back for four years and no hooker got injured at all. <laughs> for four years. I, I, I'd given up. I'd done something very evil in my last life and, and the good Lord was getting his own back, you know. And in fact, Tommy, Tommy had to break his leg against France. And I, I never wished ill on Tommy, but it's one of the best things he did, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel how these things uh, come around, isn't it? Yeah, no, it does. It does. I, I, had you a bit of fun with, with Tommy since about that in later, oh, later years? Yeah, Tom, yeah, we, yeah we, we got on very, very well. And, 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 and as I say, uh, uh, he, not only uh, he was a great president as well when he was president and uh, he uh, he was a great great representative for Ireland in, 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 at the administrative level. Spoke his mind and a bright guy, and uh, he wouldn't let any other things get away with thinking. Oh, we take the Irish for a bit of a ride on this. Not with Tommy, he wouldn't. You know, he great man, great man. And and Sid was other his mate, Sid Miller, and um, they, they, they were both. Chairman of uh, President of the IRFUs, and uh, they were great men. Do you know when you started setting up your practice then in, in Manchester? Um, how difficult was it to get it off the ground? Like, had you a lot of sports people coming to you, or was it just a, um, a general GP practice initially? No, uh, there was no, um, no, there, there, was, there was there was no sport involved in it, uh, and. Uh, uh, in so far as sports medicine then was non-existent, uh, you know, as a as as a speciality, uh, there was no exam in it, there was no courses in it. It was you know a, a part of everyday life sport as far as medicine was concerned. Uh, it was a few years later that it really started to grow as a speciality, really. And so I, that when I was in the practice, the only sporting injuries or would, would be the ones I faced with my own patients. How did you get involved in the administrative level of the IRFU? I know you were chairman of the IRFU Medical Committee at the time and went on from there into World, world Rugby. When, when, when the exams started to be uh, seriously saying we were getting guys into the Irish side and then we're putting the championship, we were getting... We, we uh, uh, they, they, they passed a, a, a rule that there would be two representatives of the exiles who would uh, sit on the Irish Tribune. And I, I, the, the, the exiles asked me to be one of their reps on the Irish Tribune with the same sort of voting. And uh, voting rights is up the Ulster guys, the Munster guys, their reps on. They, they would, I don't know whether they, 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 they had maybe had five each or six each. The other, the other uh, provinces, and we only had two, but that's because we were, and it it was it, it was all from then. I was, I think, um, most of the time I was there. I was the only doctor on the Irish Union, I think. So I think I was. Um, they had a medical committee that they formed, a serious medical committee, and uh, it was one member from each of the uh, twelve so-called. Uh, senior nations, mm-hmm. Six Nations, Australia, New Ze- plus plus Australia, New Zealand, uh, Argentina, there were 12. Uh, I was and a member for me, and the IRS asked me uh, to be the member on that. And uh, from then on, I was on world, I was on the world, you know, my, 
uh, the doping came from that. The, everything came from that. You know, concussion came from that. You're on the your anti-doping commissioner at the, the IRB now World Rugby um, for IRB World Rugby in the in Australia 2003, France 07, and New Zealand 2011. Just brief insight, like what was your role at that? Was that just analysing games and making sure everything went according to plan, or what? What was your role well, it, on the anti-doping committee? It, it, um, it was everything insofar as. Um, I would sit on if there were cases. I couldn't sit on an Irish case, I would, but you know. But if during it there was a query doping case with not an Irish side, I would I would sit on that. Um, but I would um, at every game that uh, that I went to, I, I would be responsible for the whole of the doping process uh, after the game. The choice, the choice of players from sides who were going to be tested. Why they, and 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 how the testing went, and um, if the manager had queries and they often did, they come to me and said, "Why my man?" And oh, you know, and what are you doing there? And uh, because maybe uh, it wasn't quite as accepted a thing uh, now. It's routine everywhere for every sport. Uh, it was early days in a way. The way the the the, the, the abuse of drugs. And uh, but we still we, we we still had a reasonable amount in in rugby, so I wouldn't do the actual testing, uh, but I'd be in and out of of, of both uh, rooms where the testing was going on for both teams, and the players could appeal to me, or the the the, the managers could, or uh, uh, whatever. So uh, that was, and I enjoyed it very much. And it, it, it was, um, it, 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 I met some very, very interesting people there. And uh, in, in fact, um, I, I then went on to the uh, National Anti-Doping Panel over here. And um, the National Anti-Doping Panel in, in the UK uh, is every case of every sport. Um, if there's a positive, they hear it. Um, except soccer, uh, rugby does their own in England, not in Wales. We did Wales, and um, otherwise, every sport went to the national anti-doping panel because they weren't getting enough to become experienced in it. You know, whereas we were, and I went on the World International Tennis Federation. Uh, as well, I was very lucky with my anti-doping, and I had, you know, I had, uh, that was just sitting on the tribunal where we heard the case, and and I got Mar uh, Sharapova's case, which was fascinating, and, and uh, Tyson Fury was really uh, something else. <laughs> uh, I, sat, I sat on Tyson's case, some something else, Tyson really, and um, so that was that was a great sort of. Uh, for uh, keeping sport in my life after the, the, the playing rugby and that, I was dead lucky really with with, with my contacts, which kept, filled filled all of my loads. We'll we'll just delve into this. So the first um the first time we say rugby, this is probably one of more wrong acknowledged you know concussion. 
was if when they sent the rep, which was yourself, to the Zurich International Consensus Conference for Concussion and Sport in 2004. Um, would I be right in saying that? Was that kind of the first acknowledgement no, of the whole process? Probably, it was probably the, in the 90s, uh, early in the 90s, and a chap called... Um, a chap called Vanderbilt from Australia, he brought in, uh, and it was the first World Conference was held in Dublin, I think. Oh. World Conference on sport, on um, uh, injuries, or I don't forget what it's called, uh, injuries or um, medicine in rugby. And it was held in Dublin. And this chap, Vanderbilt, said, listen, I, I've been doing a bit of research, and I just don't like it. And, but we haven't got the first, we haven't got this sort of um, technology to go that far in it. But he said we we there's something going on with concussion. Really, he said we and uh, anyway, he apparently spoke very very well and whatever. And so they brought in three weeks. And that's where three weeks came from. But it was it wasn't based on anything other than you know, that's that, that, yeah. Um, well, how long do we give? You know, because we didn't really know. And that's why it was controversial when well they reduced to three weeks. To seven days then uh, and the game went professional uh, and um, it wasn't because they found out anything new that that justified that it, it, it basically was because um, and subconsciously it was so the players could come back and not miss a game personal aspect of the whole thing yeah. came to and the there was no proof they're the sort of proof they're looking for. But uh, uh, then, oh, going on from them, we know now that, that, that uh, there's very, very few who uh, the brain is, is clear after seven days, you know, that it's not, and uh, it is in fact still damaged and the more, more likely to get injured and the, uh, the more likely to get concussed, the more likely to get physical injuries. Uh, after coming back, uh, um, you know, and uh, they're more likely to be worse. Uh, and I'm not quite sure. We know so little about the brain generally you now. Mm -hmm. We're finding out. But they haven't found out one bit of good news really since then. And uh, puts them in a difficult position. Have you seen players, you, you answered kind of already that when they sustain one concussion, they're more probable to sustain another one. Yes. Is, is that is that is that the way it works? Like, if, if you have one concussion, you're probably going to have another concussion. But you're you're, you're more vulnerable. Yeah, more vulnerable. And you're more and you're, and you're more prone to get a second concussion. Uh, and well, they don't know uh, how long, but certainly probably for some months, maybe probably. Probably um, now, whether and that that would be probably across the board. Now, I'm not saying anything particular about Johnny about Johnny Sexton who goes in so hard, and uh, uh, the, the, the player who's had quite a, a player who's had quite a lot of concussions. Um, whether it's because the first concussion and second concussion have left their brain more susceptible, or whether they were more susceptible to start with, we, we really don't know. And this is where one of your uh, absolutely vital questions about a genetic factor, there has to be a genetic factor, I think. Um, and of course, when that's identified and allowed 
to be declared, it'll change things quite a lot. Might change things a lot. But there might there might be some some people genetically who can whose heads heads can take any amount of hammering and then you know it, it, it doesn't. Uh, that's why we've got so much to learn, so much to learn. My big grudge is it, what we know at the moment. We uh, we have to err on the side of caution, and we're not doing. It, from your research and from your you know, the knowledge you have, you you answer already that you're not too sure. Like there, there's not concrete evidence of you know um, genetics. But is there anything in the US, you know, in the, in the NFL? Did they come across anything that some players with certain chromosomes or some genetics are more vulnerable? Yeah, um, I, I'm not quite sure of this myself. This is a, a specific gene, ApoE4. ApoE4 is a particular gene. And it seems to me that there's no doubt if you have got this gene, and if you have a pair of them, because they go in pairs, but mum, mm-hmm. dad, you know, but say you get an ApoE4 from mum and an ApoE4 from dad, and you have a pair of ApoE4s, then, then, then it seems to me that the outlook is, is really is really not good. And, and yet we don't have routine testing for it. And um, one of the original reasons that was, well, um, that once you start gene testing, you're opening the door to, to all sorts of insurance problems and getting mortgages yeah. and uh, this sort of thing, you know? And you're better off uh, not knowing, but I can't quite, quite see uh, how, how it applies if you're going to play the sort of rugby we're playing at the moment. If you had a gene that spelled trouble, um, when, uh, it's a different game from when I played it, obviously, but it's a horror game at the moment, the impacts. Um, uh, we should know. We, we we should know, and that guy should not not play rugby. Barry, can, can you give us kind of a, just a quick insight into how concussion management, because it's changed a huge amount since we say two thousand and four, since you left that conference in two thousand and four, how concussion management has changed and and evolved up to the present day. So you had the HIA from five to ten. To twelve now, I think. Just uh, can you give kind of a, an oversight how how concussion management has evolved since since uh, since two thousand and four? Uh, yeah, very difficult, Jimmy. But um, uh, first of all, um, uh, it's evolved uh, much too slowly, much too slowly, with the limited amount of even with the limited amount of knowledge that we've got. And the things which you and I are talking about now that, that we know that you're more vulnerable afterwards. We know that the adolescent brain is more vulnerable. We know that the, 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 the cognitive function of the teenager is significantly affected by subconcussive knocks. We know that. Mm-hmm. And yet this kid is taking is taking his leaving or his GCSE or his matric, you know, and um, for three or for three or four weeks after a knock on the head his understanding and his um, uh, ability to retain is affected. 
well, wait till parents find that out, really. But, but it's all been sort of so. This is the way um, that it's 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 functioning. Plus the fact that uh, it's it's developing. Then we have we have three we have three different strains now. We have the immediate problem of concussion and post concussion, which in fact you don't get better from the concussion, but the symptoms go on for months. Right, that's the first one. That people who go into that, uh, like um, uh, oh, what's the lad? No, I do sued. Right for sale. Uh, Willis. Um, Kieran Willis, is it? Killian, Killian Willis. Yeah. And Killian got post you know, and I saw a lot of Killian in those days. Um, he got uh, did a report for him. He he, he 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 for his legal case he 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 um so he, he finished his rugby then you get the ones with the um uh, they get better right but then they the ones who it hits ten to fifteen years later as it is with the guys who are suing at the moment right and then you get the ones who get chronic traumatic encephalopathy which is the degenerative old age. Uh, uh, well, it will. It's dementia. It's a form of dementia. But any time from your fifties onwards, now you can get it. Um, so that we've learned all this. We've learned there's no cure at the moment for it, uh, for any of it. We've the, we've learned that so sadly CTE cannot be diagnosed. Uh, until autopsy. Yes, the dementia is diagnosed, but is it Parkinson's or, it, 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 you know, it, is it motor neuron or what kind of degenerative is it? Because CTE is specific, specific to knocks on the head. And that's that's what rugby are still telling me. The, the, the chairman of, of, of the RFU just six weeks ago or eight weeks ago said, it's not established yet. It's not established. What on earth is he telling people and parents for that? What kind of a... I know so that these people are not prepared to accept it as established until um, they can see the slide. And, you know, um, and uh, the will, I think, reasonably soon be a scan, a contrast scan that will show it up. It's the laying down of protein in the actual nerve fiber, okay, in the brain, in the individual nerve fiber. It's this tau protein, which is an abnormal sort of protein that gets laid down. That is what causes dementia. But, and, 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 and they can just about identify that. But in um, CTE, neurogenerative, it's in a certain kind of spindly shape. That's what they can't see, right? And that's what they find at autopsy. But that we found all these things out about it. We have now got we have got to the stage of well, a, you mentioned in, in 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 one of your notes to me um, about these eye tests, which rugby have turned down for the moment, but it's being used widely in the states. I think rugby have turned it down. Probably they had a trial done uh, for the RFU, which was. 
I think probably financed by the IPO, which said, said it's not consistent enough. But it's certainly consistent enough for NFL and a lot of sports in North America. You know, mm. don't think it. I don't think the results that they're getting in the trial fitted in with things they've done in the past. And then there's the saliva test and blood test, and we're we're getting there, getting there within the next few years. Um, we will uh, be able to empirically prove what is proved to my and most people's satisfaction, which is pro proven statistically, right, already. Um, and then that is when the danger is there. I, they might have to change rugby too much, really, in a way for it to be rugby anymore. That's, that's what, what, what worries me, particularly with the, with the adolescents. It'll never go, I don't think, and it's a great game, and you do uh, you do gain a huge amount. I mean, look at what me and my family have, have gained from it. But um, I, I do, you see, uh, martial arts, boxing, they're still going, and I think rugby will, but never, you know, once they, they have to accept everything that's... Uh, going on and uh i think we're only scratching the surface when we, we, i yeah yeah I, I believe i don't know if it's true but there are several hundred several hundred now litigants and um, i believe um, worldwide in rugby just just in rugby, um worldwide and still only scratching the surface and the trouble is that if they made all the changes now for the next 40 years any changes they make now won't affect the, uh, the next 40 years because they're, they're already damaged. And the, and the, and the, and the uh, results will be coming out. Um, I, I you say, well, this guy's worst case scenario, isn't he? And to a way, in a way I am, I, I think I have to, I think that this Hippocratic oath, and I, I'm not a big sort of, holier than that but it, at first do no harm we as doctors are not following it really because we're not telling them if we tell them exactly just what i've been saying to you and what, and, and we're saying well uh we, we, we can't see a slide in this girl but uh, uh beyond reasonable doubt without any you know if you think someone's Murders someone beyond reasonable doubt is the, is the legal proof, then they're in they're in for life, and this is beyond reasonable doubt, but we carry on damaging them for life. So um, we must tell them that, and let the parents then decide. And you might say, well, everyone knows about concussion now, but but it, it, it don't. It's not put down in a sort of a bland way in front of them. I think there'll have to be a. Uh, I think that um, uh, that you have to sign a, disc a, a, a disclosure like you do for an operation. I realize that, you know, in an operation that a surgeon might slip or I don't know if you've ever had an operation, but now 
the stuff you sign for, and it might just be, a, you know, it might take your gallbladder out or something, but a number of things they say that listed, you, you know, and you say, yeah, I realise that. Don't have to do it in rugby. In, in relation to the, the, I think it's important as well for people because, like, obviously, you know, I studied it and you, you've been in, in, you know, researching it and obviously on about it for decades. Um, but I think it's important for, for people and, you know, rugby, people who have interest in rugby and who are even playing, you know, playing rugby at amateur level. Can you just give us an insight into, I know you stepped away because of the PSCA tool, the five minutes, you know, um, pitch side concussion assessment tool. Can you give an insight into that and the HIA? Or that they don't, yeah, they don't the, 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 uh, you know why I, you know why I resigned from work. The final straw that broke. I was, I was falling out with them and arguing with them, and and um, uh, uh, then they brought in a five minute assessment for the world under twenty championship in in, in South Africa. Uh, never been done before. Five minute assessment on a, a teenage brain. I, I thought that's the biggest joke I've heard. I mean, I thought, I thought, and I told you, I think I wrote, I wrote to the president, and then I wrote to the chief executive. I attended my resignation. I said that I, I really cannot um, cannot stay with my name attached in any way when uh, we are experimenting on teenagers' brains. Well, he nearly went off. Oh, it's not an experiment at all. It's a trial. It's a trial. It's not an experiment. <laughs> That's the sort of, you know. Uh, um, I wrote back and said, "Well, you call it what you like. In fact, it's an experiment." And um, the 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 uh, it. That uh, HIA, they did changes 10 minutes after two years and now 12 minutes. It was called a PSCA, pitch side suspected concussion assessment, right? But then they had to admit, and if you see now, suspected concussion, you're off for good. You don't even have a HIA. If you look at the regulations, if, if the doctor suspects concussion, you don't have a HIA. So they can't call it pitch-size suspected concussion. So they call it HIA, and you can't have, I mean, it's a playing with words, playing with words. So they say, oh, no, we suspect concussion is off, it doesn't go back down. Well, well who are you doing the HIA on? I mean, they, they say it was for potential concussion, right? Potential. You suspect it's all. Every, 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 every scum that goes down potentially is a concussion, you know. Uh, and, and you can see how it, frus how it, how it, how it frustrates me. Um, and they've made that change. And now, again, commercially, it's, 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 it's a non starter as a genuine scientific uh, scat. These, uh, you know, suspected uh, concussion assessment test, the HIA. Um, it it doesn't it, it it doesn't stand up and it it never will because because so many of the symptoms can come on after an hour or after two hours or the following day. So what you can say with the HIA, this guy's concussed, but you cannot say he's not concussed because he might not be going to show any symptoms until uh, an hour later or. I think when we all were playing, we remember guys who were, you know, really put bad that night. We don't know what we're talking about, but this guy's, you know, after, after, after getting a few knocks. 
but they're in a very uh, um, uh, difficult position now. That the HIA is not fit for purpose. Very difficult for them to get to 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 um, get rid of it now. And what they are trying to do is reduce the um, the concussive injuries and, and uh, going around that very very slowly. Um, and uh, you know that stopping the head knocks that's direct head you know that sending them off if yeah that, that's good do you, do you feel you know doctors are obviously in a very difficult position because they're obviously team doctors and they're aligned to the team but obviously they shouldn't be and a lot of them no don't give it look a lot of them are doing a great job and all that but some of them obviously have allegiance to the team have allegiance to the the manager have rugby inputted um protocols around that have they inputted um an independent doctor at games have they done anything like that yes independent yeah yeah at internationals and at professional and professional rugby uh at the top level and i'm not sure at the lower level of professional you know it, it sort of fades away uh, they get the players are paid less and expenses and whatever but certainly at the elite level it's um now uh, uh, not before time now it's meant to be an independent doctor uh, who uh, makes the final uh decision really um and uh, that, that, that's, that's great. The, the team doctor can't, really. He's committed to the team in a certain way. He's got a conflict of interest, no matter what you say, you know. Um, and uh, uh, he's, uh, he's only a human being, I suppose, and subconsciously he's, he's under pressure. But I, I don't think it... Um, it's very difficult getting these independent doctors who know enough about it. The average GP doesn't. Because yeah. he's, he's no more interested in concussion than, well, than bronchitis. Or, and in fact, much less so because it's much less frequent than bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just part of his armory. Where are we getting, going to get all these specialist doctors from? School, yeah. school matches. I mean, uh, yeah, look look at Belvedere against Rock or something like that, you know, and uh, you probably will get one there. But what about all the other schools and, and, and get, getting someone who knows enough about it? It's very, very difficult. I mean, uh, pro uh, progressive rugby has put this to world rugby that they, they've just got to have an independent doctor. And I think world rugby have more or less accepted the principle. But, but you know, in somewhere like uh, somebody uh, uh, in some, uh, we're talking about really sophisticated, civilized, advanced countries here. You look at uh, some of the islanders from the island, you know, maybe not Samoa, but some of the islands there, there's one doctor on the island, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and probably no doctor who's interested in in uh, independent doctor that's interested in in rugby that's in, you know so it's a worldwide problem uh it's going to be very difficult i suppose independent doctors thankfully it's it's you know about time that it's 
going in the right direction that there is independent doctors at a high level um, and they're putting protocols in place to try to improve the the head-to-head impact. Obviously, they're adjusting the tackle and all that. Um, we, before we get into that, we'll just move on. Um, when you stepped down from your role in 2012, what, like, what did you get up to then, Barry? Like, were you still practicing, or like, did you get involved in other other um, groups and, and stuff like that, and even other sports? Um, no, uh, uh, it never went away. The concussion thing, you know, as far as people approaching me and media approaching me and that. So I and and I, and I obviously was having it. it finished my rugby which was such a big part of my life and it, uh, as a doctor thinking of the damage it was in it's something that kept uh was, was always near the front of my mind so i kept up to date with that you know and uh that and i lo- i loved my rugby and i watched my rugby and uh, you know i loved my sport and you know I probably had about seven or eight grandchildren by that stage and uh, i thought well um, I've, I've stated my case and I, I'm very happy with it. And but 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 I did keep up to date with it. But I, I didn't get. Uh, you're right, uh, Jamie. I didn't get actively uh, sort of involved anymore. But I mean, uh, and it went through sort of phases. Um, uh, obviously, I've been uh, 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 approached hugely since the, the the lads over here brought the court case. Um, by media, by friends, by worried parents. Uh, um, and I think I've got a responsibility, particularly to parents, to, to, to try and, and keep up to date. Uh, um, because uh, it, it's their whole life blood I'm t- they're talking about, and they trust me, and therefore I must keep up to date, really. That's, that's it. But there's, there's there's plenty else going on. I've got I've got um, I've got my wife to listen to. <laughs> yeah, you have to do that. Yeah. And, uh, 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 so, uh, but yes, as I say, um, it's I've not I'm not taken any official position anywhere. And that, that progressive rugby actually, I think that's quite interesting because you know that kind of hit. The rugby um, circles, rugby, yeah, rugby circle world, world right probably on the hop a couple of months ago when it was announced in the papers. Um, what exactly is it, and what's your role in 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 it? In progressive rugby. Yep. We zoom and discuss, and we've got some really about from ex players on it. Um, and uh, parents on it, and uh, we've got uh, specialists and uh, um, specialist doctors on it. Uh, at this stage, uh, we put in a presentation to World Rugby, as I say, and uh, two of our representatives, representatives, both. Uh, consultants, both very, very experienced rugby men, went and met World Rugby, put in the sort of things we thought should be changed uh, as far as the game went, uh, about the tackling, about the substitutions, uh, um, 
about the, the loose rugs. You, you can go on and on about it, can't you, really? The, the, the situations in rugby which are open to and prone to brain injury. And uh, we're just at that stage now where they, they, they said, yes, thank you for coming to touch on what we're looking at. Uh, and uh, they, they did bring in the King Morella and Egg. Uh, and I, I, I see in, in New Zealand something. Uh, so it's just a question, we're trying to persuade them. We're not suing anybody uh, progressive rugby. Uh, that's a different um, uh, group, really. Uh, getting very popular in New Zealand now. They, they, they've started a competition there for people under a certain weight, adults, which is very interesting, you know, that you can't, can't be in a team no matter what your position is. If, and and if, I, 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 I think it's maybe the, the, the equivalent of 14, 14 stone, or four, you know, something like that, um, normal. Uh, I was watching. Uh, I think it was. Um, was it was it Toulouse and Leinster or was it Laris Shallon? I don't know. But they, they had one book, twenty one stone, and uh, <laughs> and, and and two more of of, of nineteen stone, um, and uh, that, that that's not fair. Uh, uh, sort of uh, fair confrontation between people, uh, you know. Um, but they, 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 it depends on your um, morphology and your makeup and from different countries, different shape, and then it pretends and, and the temptation to go on drugs as well. You know, I'm not saying any of them at all that we're on them at all, but there was a temptation. You know, I've seen it at school level. If you're some player, but you've got to get, you know, a couple of stone on. And and when I was you know, on the national anti-doping panel, there uh, we saw this very talented kids being encouraged to do that, and and um, not sure that nature made us to put artificial weight on like that. Can't we can't have it anyway? But um, but this is the. Uh, uh, this is would be interesting to see how that goes on. I think quite a lot of rugby players would like to play where there's a limit of 15 stone in it, make faster, more mobile. You know, um, apparently it's it's taken off there. Oh, geez, that's that's definitely something that might come in you know, into into Europe. Um, I I saw there recently that AFL and AFWL in the um, Australian football they. They, they increased, uh, you know, if, if a player suffers a concussion, they increased uh, the return to play from six to 12 days, which is definitely, you know, it's, it's probably it's a good thing. The longer a player sits out, the better. Um, do you know if there's anything else going on in, in, for example, in football in the UK or in MMA to manage concussion that, you know, might help uh, the rugby game? Or do you think every game is kind of separate how a concussion is managed? What a good question, Jamie. And you've shown up my ignorance there because I'm not quite sure, and I should know, 
what sort of movement they are making. I know AFL and, 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 and I was involved with AFL in, in the last year or so. Um, uh, uh, one or two of the sort of senior people there who, who asked me for my thoughts, just, just about my thoughts on, on, on things. And, um, uh, but I'm not, not quite sure about the exact laws that they have now or rules that they have in the same way. NFL, they've stopped a direct head-to-head contact mm-hmm. in the NFL. Uh, they've certainly got the independent doctors. Um, uh, but again, I, I think anybody with concussion, uh, apparently in uh, there, it's uh, 18, 19 days is the average time they're off for. But I, 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 they can go back before, I think. I don't know what, not quite sort of sure what ritual you use for bringing them back but it's within the laws but that's that's it should it's coming again and again that the average time that concussed players often is is a lot longer than seven days really um, and uh, but i should know a lot more about what's happening in other sports by the time we do this again i will have <laughs> i will jamie what other, other sports are doing um, but I, do, I, I sort of do keep up, uh, an eye on it. And um, in the original days, when I was angry about what was going on, was uh, you know, and, and and I did meet with the Boston people, which is where the, you know Nowinski and uh, oh, yeah. McKee, uh, and where so much so much information has come from, and they're the ones who who've done um, done the autopsies and. Found out a huge percentage of ex NFL players who uh, have, have got CTE. So much of it has come from them. And uh, as I say, with, with um, Steve Devick, with this I oh. Devick, yes. Um, and I was very impressed when I met them. And uh, uh, they, they have contributed a, a huge amount. But I mean, we might think. Uh, rugby and football is, is sort of commercially and financially a big, but compared to NFL, I mean, that is serious money down there. It's, yeah, it's just huge. Um, so, uh, uh, but they've been, they've been quicker than us to change, um, uh, I think. And um, we are sticking too much to, well, there's no proof for it's not established. It, it's it stuns me that really. But uh, you and I, I know we'll keep in contact anyway. But the changes that are going to come now over the next two or three years are uh, are going to be huge. Oh, you I came across this actually, Barry. I just I'd like to get your your opinion on it. Um, you know the way they say, well, they were saying previously. I don't know has it changed, but. They were saying that if you had three concussions, you'd be advised to retire yeah. from the sport. Um, is that standard or would it be very much dependent on the person? Like, would that be where the doctor and the consultant will kind of come into play and, and take into consideration the overall picture rather than the figure of three concussions? Yeah, you're right. It's... It's very much subjective now, subjective on the player, on the doctor, on the consultants, uh, 
varies from place to place. We, we mentioned the word three, that I would certainly advise anyone who had three concussions to, to leave it. Now, say he, he said to me, well, you know, I've got two kids and I've only got a few years of this and I've no other way of making any money. And, and, and uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, I'd like to take a chance then. I give my, I could understand it. I give him my advice and he knows the other thing is knowing. <laughs> he knows all that we've talked about and he weighs it all up. He said, no, no, I'll, I'll go for one more. I can, I can understand that really in certain cases, but then it is a bit arbitrary. Should it be three? Should it be four concussions? It, it depends very much on how the guy was each time, how long it took him. You know, and uh, uh, this kind of thing, but but three or three, three, three is a good number to start from. Say, so, yeah, well, this sort of thing. You know, uh, the vital thing is that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I, in your role as as you know, as doctor, and your the knowledge you have in concussion management. Had you discussions with with adult players and even children with their parents about retiring over your over the last couple of years? If if so, what was you know what were those conversations like? Because it can be very difficult. I can only imagine because you know a lot of these players, their identity is the sport, and when that identity is taken from them, it can lead to a lot of a lot of difficulties, like mental health difficulties down the line? Yeah, that's a very good question, really. And I have been approached by parents. And at least I've been consistent. I've said more or less what I said to you today. I don't think parents should be told anything different from what you and I are talking about. And um, uh, obviously, some would like it. Uh, at, uh, at one level of, 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 of knowledge, another just would like to be given it black and white. Some want to know a lot about it. And I think that's what uh, we've got to do. It And, and, and uh, it, parents should know with kids who've never had concussion, and we should be, uh, I think, should tell them what, what you and I are talking about. Uh, well, uh, reasonably intelligent people understand what you and I are talking about. We've all got 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 kids who we know what that what that means, and um, you would talk to them in a subjective manner because you'd feel what what they want to hear and what they you know. But I don't see why you and I should discuss it one way and we should discuss it another way with parents. We're, we're coming towards the end now, and I got a question in from someone, um, and they just want to get your, your opinion on it. Why are World Rugby so slow in implementing changes around concussion management? Do you think they have been more proactive in changing the game to protect players in recent years? To protect players? Yeah, in, in, recent, in recent years. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, more 
happened ten years ago in 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 in, in very very sparse ways. They they stopped the the scrums the set scrums coming together and, and charging at each other. They now only in the uh, last year altered the tackle so you can't tackle the head. Um. The awful though it seems, I, I think they've done very little else, which is which is terrifying. They talk about research non-stop. They talk about research. The only research that's come out of, uh, uh, of, of value is it, it, not not supporting them, so they don't report it. You know, and uh, 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 you say, well, we're going to do more research. That's going to take several more years. There are no enough facts now. To be beyond reasonable doubt that 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 uh, this game is producing brain damage and lasting brain damage, probably in a much bigger percentage than we have uh, appreciated before, and they've got to make a lot more changes, and, and they've got to tell the truth to the parents and to the players. Why do you think they're quite slow in doing any change to the game? Making any changes? Sorry, why do they so why, slow? Yeah, why do you think they're so slow in making changes to the game? Wow, that is a great question. They've got a great conflict of interest. Um, their job is, their whole life is, and I've been there and I know it. Um, uh, they've nailed, nailed their colours to the last. And in fact, I'm afraid many of my own profession, where at first you do no harm of nailed air. Now, you know, if you nail your colours to the mast, it can be very difficult. If there's huge money involved and prestige, it can become almost impossible. And that's what's happened. Perfect, perfect. Look, Barry, I... Last question, and we'll wrap it up because I think we've covered everything else. You know, we've covered the trials and all that. Um, but actually, two last questions: Do you think um, more can be done in relation to the tackle? Do you think below the waist is the way to go, or, or below the nipple, nipple line be the way to go? Very good question again. Um, I think probably. Um, I see it's below the sternum somewhere. One country at the moment is below the sternum. Now the sternum, the sternum goes from there to there. So I presume it gives the voice a lot of cover, really. I presume they mean the bottom of the sternum, which would be just slightly lower than the nipple. So we're being a bit pedantic about, but I would, I would go for the nipple line, I think, really. I, I would go for the nipple line. Uh, uh, there's no doubt that, that, that the low tackle, uh, because of the, uh, the size and, and function of, of the knees of some of these players now, can be quite dangerous for concussion as well. Uh, there's no doubt about that, that they get, get it from that. I think I would make it the nipple and, and, and be, be fair to look at that and see how it goes. One. And the head, I see. They're complaining now, uh, uh, some of the managers, but 
if you send a guy off red card and you don't let him be replaced, then the coaches will stop it, you know, so because it's uh, it's their bread and butter as well. And so that, that, that's what I, I hadn't come across that, Henry, that, that we're talking about replacing a red card now. Yeah. I, I didn't realise. Did that, did, did that play in the rainbow? Did, yeah, they, they tried, they, well, I, well, they were on about trialling it. I'm pretty sure they did trial it. Um, I spoke to a few players, Irish internationals, on the podcast just before it was trialled and while it was going through the, the process. Yeah, and I, I didn't hear anything in the media about it. Um, but I believe it was in all right. But the the coaches, the captain's challenge was definitely implemented. Yeah, oh, I agree with you on it. It becomes a sort of nonsense, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and substitutes is the same. They've got got to stop having these huge numbers. They're replacing almost a whole pack with twenty minutes to go, and uh, you know this is guys coming on who. Are, Got 20 minutes to prove a point at 20 stone. 20 minutes for 20 stone. <laughs> you know, that's that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Last last question. What advice would you give to players who know they have experienced concussion but are reluctant to report it as rugby is their identity? And if they aren't on the field of play, they're not getting those brand deals. If they're on the field to play, if, what if, if, if they're not on the field to play, they're not getting these brand endorsement deals and you know sponsorship, etc. Um, but that's definitely a fact. I don't think I'd change anything that I've said to you, and I would tell them all that if they decide then, uh, because it that is their living and the brand endorsements, and I'm sure Johnny's been told, you know, and that, and he's a very bright. Guy Johnny, and he's a, he's a, he, 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 he's a great rugby player, and uh, he, he, he's one of the lucky ones, and he's educated, and he's he will know, and he's decided. It's okay, but uh, that that that's part and parcel of the deal that uh, you're absolutely told everything. Barry, I'll uh, I'll end this on that note because I know we we kind of went over the the time we we allocated for it, and I've I've, I've enjoyed it. It's always an education talking to you, anyway, Jamie. So uh, you know, it's it's. I hope it's been of some use, and uh, I I I have enjoyed it. Look, I'll wrap it up, Barry. Thanks very much for taking time out and coming on the interview podcast, and look best of luck with everything going forward. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Barry. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank Barry for taking time out to come on the Inside View podcast. We really appreciate it. That is all from us on this week's podcast. Please do get in contact with the show. If you have a story from being part of a team, whether it's a sports team or a corporate team, please do let us know. Don't worry, everything will be confidential. Don't forget to rate, review and tell your friends and family about this podcast and follow us on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Be sure to give us that five-star review. It'll go a long way. You'll find us on social media over on Instagram at underscore on the ball team building over on Facebook on the ball team building over on Twitter at we are on the ball two. There's a digit two over on TikTok on the ball team building and over on LinkedIn on the ball team building. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week. We have another exciting guest till then stay safe and remember cred on Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.